I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Once again, and welcome to the 13th instalment of the Road to Berlin Marathon podcast series with myself, Julian Spence and Bradley Croker. Not going to say much at the start of this episode because the episode goes for about 90 minutes. Uh, We're pretty good at yapping on about all things running, so I hope you enjoy it. Thanks to the people who hit us up on the Tell Tell Me Your Tales Facebook page and asked us some questions to address this week really appreciate that we uh we got so many the episode went for quite a long time so thank you for those people who took some time to head over to that facebook page and hit us up with some questions thanks again to brad and julian for their time um 13th episode so they've probably given up about 15 hours for this podcast series um and yeah something i really appreciate Anyway, guys, enjoy this episode of the Road to the Berlin Marathon podcast series. Okay, fellas, five weeks of the Berlin Marathon. Here we go again. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. We're firing up. We're getting closer and closer. Brad, everyone's, uh, I think I started off saying the same thing last week, but I'm sure a few people have been asking you how this injury is going. I've just come from a community run down in the uh, bush of Echuca Moama today, and I had about four different people ask me how you're tracking, so there's plenty of interest. So <laughs> do you want to maybe start with you? Uh, yep. So not much to report on the running front this week, unfortunately. Uh, so I went and saw the doctor on tuesday and he um confirmed that that was uh yeah like achilles tendinosis um and that the um bursa and everything was okay and so he ended up giving me a platelet rich plasma injection so just took some blood out of my arm and put it into a machine and 15 minutes later um, i guess it just separates the plasma from the rest of the blood and then um injected it around my achilles so um, got that. He said don't run for three days after the injection um, and that if it works, it should start to, you know, you should see some improvement five to seven days later. So I didn't run Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, went out for 35 minutes Saturday morning and um, it, was, it was okay. It was definitely better than, I guess, at what it had been the week before. Um, wasn't confident. I wanted to do 45 minutes on the Saturday, but I just pulled the pin at 35 because I wasn't confident that it was going to handle much more. Um, and then went out again on Sunday, um, 
the goal was to try and go 45 to 60 minutes. And I was still um and ahhing whether to wear shoes with a heel or not a heel because I was still find, I was still having issues just wearing shoes around that had a heel in. But then as soon as I went barefoot, it was fine. So anyway, I started off and ran uh, about a kilometre in normal shoes and it was pretty sore. So I turned around and headed back and then changed into other shoes and it wasn't much better. So I only managed 3K um, yesterday. Oh, sorry, yeah, yesterday. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much my <laughs> that's pretty much my running for the week. So yeah, right. So with the doctor, like uh, you said before, if it works. So like, did he give you a percentage or anything about you know if we do this, it's a it's a high percentage, it's going to work, or like what were the chances injecting that plasma? Yeah, he didn't give me a percentage. I've I've heard different reports on these PRP injections. I've heard that you're meant to go back every week and have them for sort of six or seven weeks in a row to be effective. Um, I also read that often if you have them, you shouldn't do anything for like two weeks. Um, but he just said three days. So, yeah, it was one of those things. He didn't really give me a percentage. So, yeah. Um, and I guess cortisone wasn't really an option um, around the Achilles. It was, I think... Cortisone around the Achilles is sort of like you know if you've got the Olympics two weeks later or something you might you might consider it, but um, Berlin's not the Olympics. <laughs> Do you mean just because it's risky? Yeah, it um, it breaks down the tendon, so there's it's, there's a higher chance of like an Achilles rupture down the track. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is um is this stuff illegal? The platelet rich stuff. Yeah. No, no, it's all um it's all fine. It's all above board. Yeah, right. Um, no, that makes sense. That'd be pretty weird, though, wouldn't it? Getting stuff pulled out and then back in, like, 15 minutes later? Yeah, I've never had one before. Like, the same doctor used to just give me blood injections. This was obviously a few years ago before he had the machines to separate the plasma from the rest of the blood. Um, but, yeah, it is, a, it is a weird just seeing, um, you know, it go out red and then it gets injected as and it's like a yellowy colour. <laughs> yeah. Real strange, yeah. real strange. So, what's the what's the point of separating? Um, to so to get a high because he took two. Um, I guess he took two bile or two things of containers of blood out, but only injected one back. So, I guess you get a higher. So, yeah. you get a higher percentage of the um the platelets. Yeah. So you yeah. put them together, kind of thing. Put yeah, put yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Yeah, cool. Mm. Okay, so what's next? Um, well, yesterday, for the first 500 metres, the run felt, like, awesome. And I'm like, oh, so good. It's, like, first pain-free run I've really had in weeks. And you sort of lose – I guess you lose sight of how enjoyable it is to run pain-free when you haven't felt it for, like, three, four weeks. Um, and it was pretty much yesterday that I went, well – if I can't run three kilometres now, there's no way I can run 100-mile weeks. And I guess for the last couple of weeks, my focus has always been Berlin as opposed to getting back to pain-free running. So walking back to the car yesterday, I went, you know what? The focus now is on getting pain-free running. And if that happens to be before Berlin, great. If not, then so be it. So I just, just changed the focus in the last, like, couple of you know in the last day so what the plan now is i'm not going to 
test it in three days' time, four days' time, with the hope of being able to run two hours on Sunday. Um, I'm meeting up with my soft tissue therapist tomorrow and we're just going to have a bit more of a conservative plan to make sure that I'm actually back running within a reasonable length of time as opposed to potentially risking being out for six to 12 months, which I'm sure you guys know Achilles are one of those injuries that can hang around for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the focus now. And um, I think uh, mentally I just feel a bit better about it as well in that like Berlin, whatever. So I, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do in Berlin yet. I don't know whether I'm going to stand on the start line. I don't know whether, um, yeah, I guess it'll, it'll be determined by, um, yeah, whether I'm actually back running pain-free by then. Yeah, that's smart though, isn't it? Like it, it goes back to that process versus outcome goals. Like your goal now is working on the process to run pain-free. If that means you're going yeah. to run it, you know, Berlin or you're going to run well at Berlin or you're going to have three weeks of training in front of you or before you get to Berlin, like that's all yep. just hitting that process, not um, putting everything on Berlin in five weeks' time. Yeah, and I think what I think this whole process, you sort of lose, you just take for granted pain-free running um, and just turning up every day and just going for a run. It's not until you can't run that you realise how important that is in your life and I guess I've been so focused on Berlin that I've sort of lost lost sight of the fact that I place more emphasis on just being able to get out every day for a run than I do on an individual race. Hmm. And really running well in a race or um, I guess running well during sessions is almost a byproduct of just that enjoyment of getting out every day. And hmm. so that's, that, that's what I want to get back to. Um, and I don't care if I miss a race as a result. Yeah. Very, yeah. very mature response, I reckon. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like it's gonna, it's gonna suck if I'm not running. But um, yeah, like I guess just thinking about bigger picture and yeah. So, as I said, I don't want a potential potential four week injury turning into six twelve months. To, um, so yeah. Yeah, and that's, so that's the problem with Achilles as well. Like they're just so risky. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it certainly puts things into perspective, you know. Like here I was a couple of weeks ago just, folk, you know, sort of beating yourself up if, you, if, you, if you're running a session one or two seconds a K slower. And it's just like, you know, it's such a, such a trivial thing. Like you shouldn't even care about that if you're out there running pain-free. It's more about just getting it done and being consistent and enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to the start line, it's always the hardest thing to do with a marathon. If mm. how, many, how many guys get to the start line without any hiccups? It's very rare. Yeah. And then for all the people that are, are there on the start line, there's, there's probably one other that didn't make it. Yeah. I guess the most disappointing thing is I haven't had an injury for, well, like, like something that's actually stopped me from running for more than a week since mid 2015 so to happen now is a bit disappointing and i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that i've overdone it like i was probably training just as hard in the lead up to canberra and everything was fine i looking back at it was probably um not giving my tib ant tendonitis enough time to heal and then modifying the way that I was lacing up my shoes there, which potentially led to the Achilles stuff. Um, I'm guessing that's 
yeah, I'm guessing one thing's just led to another with that. You did mention as well, um, like not that this is the cause of it, but probably a few factors. Do running those running reps in those um, the streak LTs, the real light ones, and getting like you always mentioned, oh my calves pulled up tight or sore. Um, or like calf tightness is a pretty pretty strong factor in Achilles tendonitis, isn't it normally? Yeah. So so the LTs, I, I actually started only I only wore them when I already had my Achilles pain. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. I, I was I was doing all my sessions in streaks, but I do remember. Um, so the Achilles pain happened on a Tuesday. And the weekend before I did that session of two minute efforts down the coast in, in shoes that were only half sort of done up. Um, and you and smashed that session. Were, yeah, and my calves were pretty tender. And then I've gone out into that those hills on the Sunday morning and run, you know, the two, I don't know, 36K or whatever I did that day. Um, so that's, you know, those, that those two runs probably didn't help. Yeah. But it's easy, it's easy um, to look back, isn't it, and go, "Oh, this yeah. is when it happened. That's when it happened. I shouldn't have done that." But you've you've yeah. done it fifty times, run on tight calves before. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Viv, Viv sort of made me realise that there's no guarantee. Like, you don't even know what's going to happen. Like, I, I could have got to I could have got to Berlin in awesome shape, and I get food poisoning or I get sick. Like thing, you know, things happen, and you just, I guess, have to deal with it. And yeah, this is this is what I have to deal with at the moment. Yeah, um, and I reckon it says more about yeah how you deal with it when things don't go well than when things are doing fine and you just kind of get a bit um, uh, complacent and kind of take everything for granted a bit more. Yeah, yeah, and for me, the the change in focus now is obviously about just getting my body right, but also now. Um, I guess Europe for us was a honeymoon. So I'm now looking at what we're going to do post-Berlin because I hadn't really looked at it. I've been so focused on Berlin. So now I'm sort of um, just spending my time taking my mind off running by looking into all the places that we're going to go in Europe and um, I guess just staying off. Like I haven't really been on Strava much the last week. I just, you know, probably better off just ignoring it a little bit. Um, yeah, so I'm... I'm, I'm I'm dealing with it pretty well, I think. Yeah, no, it's good. And you've got a whole, you know, documented podcast series that you can go back to and listen to to, <laughs> to see all the signs. Yeah, well, it'll make, uh, if I do end up running a good marathon one day, it'll make it more worthwhile having, yeah. having uh, gone through some of this stuff. Yeah, 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 that's it. Righty, hey, Julian, over to your week, mate. Big one again. Yeah, I turned into a big one by the end of it. Um, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't planning on it being like a big mileage week, but when you do two big workouts, um, it kind of just happens without you even realizing. Um, so I just ran my normal mon- Monday, um, always pretty, always pretty sore and tired on a Monday, just because Sundays are, are quite big at the moment. Like I think that's just marathoning in general. Everyone on a Monday battles around. Um, so a couple of runs, the reason that like, might as well explain why I do Mondays like I'm doing them, but I, I'm not doing 
any long, really long aerobic runs anymore because it's probably taxing me too much. So I'm doing two more medium distance runs each each day or most days. Uh, so that that just allows me to recover better, um, either after the run or getting ready for the the next big run, without well still keeping mileage up. So that's why I do that. Um, so I did that on Monday, and then on Tuesday, um, again just a, a an hour or so, and then in the afternoon, um, I wanted to run in the afternoon, but I got kept back at work pretty late. And it was a feral day. It was, it was one of the first times that I've bailed on a run in the last mm, six months, I reckon. So I was supposed to run in the afternoon and, and well, I knocked off work really late, like 6.30, and it was raining. And I'm like, meh, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm okay. And so I didn't go out. And then in the, the next morning, Wednesday is workout day. I met up with a mate, Jared, who was um, – He's doing a work, he was working down in Ballarat the night before, so he stayed down and did a, a session with me, uh, which was four by five k in the same park that I, I've been doing my workouts, and it was pretty windy day. Like it was a it was a tough day out there. It rained for a bit during it. Um, this was a progression from the previous workouts that I've done of, of marathon pace where. I run a float um, recovery, so I think that the, the previous workout to this one was five by three k with a float, so twenty k all up, um, but fifteen k at, at marathon pace. And, and this this particular workout was four by five k with a k float. And the floats I slowed down a little bit. Just this workout was a little harder than um, the others have been because it, I think it was really because of the conditions. And maybe because I had a big Sunday as well. But I, ran, I was aiming to run 1640s for the 5K, and I ran 1634, 1645, 1638, and then 1627. So relatively consistent. And um, the effort, uh, I think I got a really good benefit out of this because I, I felt like I was struggling in the second 5K. And then I managed to relax and calm down and and, act, and get into more of a rhythm, which kind of, again, simulates sort of how a marathon is, I think, where you, you go through bad patches and you can sort of relax and talk yourself out of, talk yourself up a little bit and, and get positive again. And that's what this workout did for me. So all up, the, the session went for an hour 22, which is a, a pretty long session, really. <laughs> um, and then the evening we did run club out on the trails. Actually felt pretty good. Uh, ran a bit of single track at, in in the night time, so that was good. The next day ran with Bree in the morning up, just an easy run. Same with Thursday, except man, it was bad Thursday night. Ran around the lake at the end, and it was what did it was like the coldest that I've ever been. I felt like my cheek was going to get frostbite because the water was there was two foot waves in the lake because of how windy it was and it was raining and it was just whipping the side of my head so hard <laughs> um, oh it was the, when I finished that run I thought there this is the craziest thing running in this is that when you put that photo up of like Ballarat feels like negative 3.2 yeah, yeah yeah that's it yeah and 
it felt it, it negative three was generous i thought it, i was worried i was the only person out out of that house i think um yeah we it just got the worst timing but anyway i woke up went for a run as we do i <laughs> uh, just went for an easy run um I think I found, I went, I ran with my friend, saw my friend Scott, and then we just joined up and ran nice and slowly. Same in the afternoon, just ran another 10K. Um, Saturday, some easy running. Again, Saturday afternoon, still more easy running. And then Sunday, I had my session, because obviously like two sessions a week at the moment. And um, the idea with this one was to progress from last Sunday, where I ran easy for 30 kilometers to, to basically deplete myself and then do a marathon pace workout and with this the, the progression i did with this run was instead of going flat for 30k i went hilly for 34k so i was a little bit more tired a little bit more depleted and um I think you have to progress that because your body is adapting through this training to, to where 30K, if we continue doing this, 30K, you're not depleted at all because you're so efficient. So you have to keep adding stress to, to your workouts. So two and a half hours in the in the hills and then I, um, everyone else finished, got in their cars, pissed off and <laughs> I got changed, uh, shorts, shorts on t-shirt on and put the race shoes on and I did 10 by a K on a flat road pretty flat road with um, two minutes rest so by the time I finished I had run 46 or about 46 47 K and it was I was out there for quite a while like three and a half hours or something Um, and yeah I was really like it to be honest, the, the session on paper scared me a little bit because I've done 10 by a K before and it's bloody hard. And and not, it wasn't after two and a half yeah, hour that, run. That's run. before the two and a half hours is hard. Yeah, but this, I, I think because I was so prepared and so um, focused on it, it was like, okay, I know this is coming and I've, I've sort of built myself up for it. When I got out there, I, I felt really good and I think just having positive workouts during them, it's a lot easier to finish them off when you feel good about it and all you think about is how you're going to feel at the end of your your, your race, which is what I was thinking every time I did one of those reps. I'm like, 46K, 47K. Oh, well, no, sorry. That's where I was, but I was like, this is 38K, 39K. This is me finishing 40K. And, um, yeah, I was really happy. Is that so, why you punched the last K in 2.56? Yeah. Oh, well, pretty much. I thought, you know, this is, these have been all pretty straightforward. I feel really good. Why don't I just see what I can finish in? Um, the risk is really low. Like I kept the, my form really strong and I wasn't searching for anything. And I didn't even like the last four reps, I made a point of not looking at my watch and running to feel. So I hit 313, 313, 313 which is like the exact rhythm that it was. I thought, all right, I'm going to go hard on this one. And it was 2.56, so I was pretty surprised when I looked down at the end. 
That is, um, yeah, that's a mammoth session. Like, I looked at that on Strava yesterday and was just like, mentally, I think that's got to be one of the hardest ones I've seen. Yeah, well, like, funnily enough. yourself up for it, I mean. Like, yeah, so as, as you kind of said, on paper, it probably looks harder than what it, what it was. It Yeah, because it's two and a half hours in itself on the hills is a solid day. And then you add in one of the, the more solid sessions that you might ever do on top of it but marathon pace 1k reps aren't too bad and this is like this isn't a session you just do at the start of a program i've really progressed towards this so each week prepares you a a little bit more for the toughness of the next week and and this is just an extension of last week yeah yeah and it um and it felt all good. Like I know Josh Harris has commented on it there, and you kind of given a bit of description about how it went. But like, you're happy with the way it panned out? Everything was expected. Yeah. Well, I sent. I just asked Josh, but like, um, I, I pretty much sent him my final five weeks and just said, "Can you just have a look at this and see what you think?" And he he identified this session and said, "Oh, this is probably a pretty easy session for you um, with that rest and and and." the 1k reps aren't too taxing and in the past i've seen other people do this with two minutes rest or i've read about this session and and they've always done two minute rest because of how depleted you are before you even start but during this workout i was ready to run again after a minute so i really should have adjusted the workout but i decided let's take this as a bit of a bonus and let's feel good for the reps and and next week or the week after when I do a similar session to this, I'll cut the rest down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in the Nike 4%, is that what they would have felt good after two and a half hours in the heavy shoes? Yeah, yeah. I was in trail shoes before that because the trails were run on a pretty wet and um, boggy. So, it was. It, you know, you can imagine you'd be pretty stiff. I was pretty stiff after two and a half hours in the hills. And so, it takes a little bit to get moving. Hmm. And and then when you're stopping after every rep, say like at 45k when you stop, wait two minutes and have to run fast again, it's you do get stiff and sore. But yeah, I don't know. I guess sometimes I feel like that at like the 33 kilometer mark. I go, oh, I'm a bit stale. I'm a bit stiff, and it's hard to change gears. Yeah. Um, that's why they sometimes say it's good to have like a little incline or like an up or downhill just to go over, just to move some different muscles around and mix it up a bit. Yeah. You just get a bit rigid, I guess, like just that repetitive uh, technique, yeah. just going over and over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. I, I don't mind a few hills. This will be really interesting with how flat this, with how flat Berlin is, to see if other struggle because we we normally have a few hills in our long runs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, um, that Wednesday session when you were trying to hit sixteen forties for the five k, is is that based on like three twenty marathon pace? Is that the thinking behind that? Yeah, but yeah, three twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good session. Did you, and that would have been solo too, wouldn't it? Did Jared do any with you? Or was he? Or well, he was doing the same right. session, wasn't he? No, he did his own paces. With yeah. it, and he had a good workout as well. But I mean, our paces are different, so we we didn't really do them together. Yeah. Um, we. Yeah, so it was solo, and that was that was the hardest session I've done so far. That one right there. Um, it was the the weather was was shit. It really was. It was windy, and and so I wasn't too fast when like I missed a, a split because I knew 
this is less than ideal. And I've done a, I've done sessions like this in the past, and I've run them actually a pretty similar pace. But the difference was I was absolutely cooked at the end, and I was fighting to get to the paces. Whereas this year, the paces are coming really easily, and I'm I'm running in a good rhythm. And when I finish the workouts, I, I feel oh wow that was great like that felt really nice rather than geez i've had to work for that that is me all out uh so that's what's giving me the most confidence not like the length of the workouts or the speed of them it's again it's how i feel during them i think that's the that's what i'm taking away and getting confident from mm. and your heart rate data shows pretty good stuff as well if that like it seems pretty accurate the way it goes up and down with the floats like still four, four by five k. Yeah, like still averaging under one sixty. Like kind yeah, of right. one sixty for the reps, and then dropping down to kind of like one forty for the floats, and then one sixty, one fifty eight kind of thing. It's good going. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Bit, of, bit of speculation about those hills maybe not being as big as big as you've made out to be last week in Vic Park <laughs> there. They look. Whatever. Look, mate, you know? I'm just going off what the people in Ballarat are bagging you out about in your Strava comments. 115 metres for that. That's a that's a lot of climbing for a workout. Yeah, couldn't. I reckon it could I be. Will, uh, could be dodgy. I'll, I'll put it to I'll put it to you though, Jules. That if you go back and have a look at your last track session, there's 30 something metres of climbing in that one. Really? Yeah. Strava. <laughs> well, what about yesterday? I did. I, I did thirty-nine k yesterday. Did not go up one hill, and it's yeah. got me at two hundred and forty-three meters. Which I always, I always, I always hated that hill down the back straight on the Ballarat track. <laughs> yeah. So what does my what does my Garmin say? Yeah, I'd be checking. Garmin's Garmin. can't be wrong. Surely. Don't, don't go off Strava. Strava's dodgy. With, oh, the, with the elevation, it. anyway. There's no way some of that stuff's legit. Oh damn it. Didn't like Jared say he was there running and he didn't see any hills? We all know there's hills at Vic Park. It's not flat, I can guarantee you. Oh, it's next to St. Patrick's uh, Secondary School. Yeah, that's in the flat bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> my, boss's, my boss's kids go down there. I might go get her to scope it out next time she's down there visiting. Your, your boss must have some money then. Yeah, she's the principal, mate. She's the principal. You guys get paid a lot. It's principal, yeah, he's down there playing footy for the Rebels. Surprise, oh, well, yeah, yeah. They look after the sports people, I think. Yeah, no, he's down there. I'll get him to stick his head over the back fence and tell me about these hills next time I see him. Tell me, come in, buy some shoes. Yeah, I will actually. Yeah, I'll do that. Hey, Jules, um, what's your um? So with every week progressing, uh, I guess you like with your long runs. What's what's going to be your longest run and? how much like purely at marathon pace yeah so next week no the two weeks will be my longest run and it won't be much longer than this one it'll be about the same but uh i'll be running a little bit more like the time spent at marathon pace will be a little longer so i'll just i might as well tell you it's going to be about 36k easy running in the hills just as i've done and then i'll kind of come out and do five by 2k and with a minute rest so it's just another little progression it's going to be about 46 oh well it look it looks like 46k but by the time you jog through the minutes you're getting up to 48k and 
I'm not too worried like that we're doing that I'm going that far because I'm pulling up fine and I've run I've run up a few ultras before where I've done training that's gone part like the 42 number the number doesn't bother me anymore I don't think there's anything wrong with with running over distance workouts because I'm 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 kind of used to them Yeah what about um do you get any worries about stopping though? Like, you know how you'll do two hours or two and a half hours, stop, change your shoes, change your single. Like I know it's only two or three minutes you're stopping for, but just, you know, teaching your body that it is going to get a stop. Like you're not going to stop at 32K of the of Burley Marathon kind of thing. Yeah, but but I'm also not going to stop. I'm, not, I'm also not going to run four minute 40Ks in hills. So... Yeah. There's elements where you can be specific and there's elements where it's part of the process or the part of the training. Um, so the four-minute 40Ks on the hills, the point of that isn't to, to simulate a marathon. It's to, de- to basically put my body in depletion and then I get more specific. And when I say specific, I, I, I'm talking about the pace that I'm running, mm. um, not the rest periods. Yeah. So... There's, there's only so much you can get like marathon specific without running a marathon. Yeah. Yep. Good response. Good answer. That makes sense. That's better, right? Good. That, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'll tick that one off. That's, um, you're doing some big, like some of those sessions, are, like they look huge though. Like they just, I think it's more, it looks bigger than it actually feels when you go out and do them. Uh, I just think mentally 100%. though, like you're not. Like you're just a mental beast, and as you said, it doesn't worry you at all. Whereas if I was looking at that stuff in my planner, I'd be getting a bit uh, a bit edgy about about them. Oh, I, yeah, I get nervous for them, or I get curious about them. More like how how am I going to feel? And I do give myself like if the, I can, I tell myself if this isn't going well, you just stop. Like the fact is, you're getting a physiological benefit from running while depleted. And if you can continue the session, great. It means that you're not that depleted. And if you can't continue, it means, all right, good, you've cooked yourself. You're going to get a little stronger next time around. Mm. Um, yeah. That's And, and I'm, I've got... I'll keep, sorry, go on. No, no, you go. Oh, just saying, I think you're doing a really good job of not placing much emphasis on the rest of the week either. So, like outside of those two big sessions which are massive like yeah you're running a lot over the week but you wouldn't say that that other stuff's taxing it is just preparing yourself for those two big sessions yeah exactly that's and that's what i'm focusing on is my easy days uh crazy easy like i'm at the back of the pa- if i'm running with a group i'm at the back i'm trying to get people to slow down i'm just <laughs> I, i'm basically just focusing on recovering because you need it. These sessions are big, but that's that's okay. Like that's just how I'm doing it, and I'm not gonna. I'm not looking for a, a a gain from from my mileage on my easy days. I'm looking for a recovery. So there's a there's a real different outlook on it. Um, I think like before I got to the marathon specific, then I was yeah. I'm looking to to increase mileage and to to run it a little quicker and to put in some some 16 to 18 k runs in there and. And actually benefit from it but it, at this point in training that's not what i'm looking for good good that's uh sold stuff getting uh getting yeah. pretty close to the fire yeah it's it, it feels good to get closer 
just nice, enjoying the heat. Just warming yourself up. <laughs> yeah. The weather down there, you need to be getting close to the fire. Oh, geez. If we get wind and rain, I'm going to be in my element. <laughs> On race day. Yeah. Everyone I'm else is shattered. Some... You're just like, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat the women. <laughs> yeah, uh, very good. Alrighty, I'll get on to my week, and then we'll hit these uh, listener questions. Monday for me was pretty cruisy, just a uh, easy 12k, 4:38k pace. So just down with the social group on the Monday night, which was good. Um, Tuesday, yeah, our weather was feral in Echuca as well, just dark and wet and windy, and got out of work a bit late, like you and. When I say late, I mean like, you know, 4.15 kind of thing. Um, no, I don't. It was, it was about 5.45. And um, I thought I'd go to the gym and go on the treadmill just because I kind of thought I don't want to catch it cold. And I was only meant to do like 14K and just do a cruisy hour. And I thought I'll go go to FitMob, a local gym that helps me out with a free membership. And, um, yeah, sometimes I go there and just jump on the treadmill and went inside and, like netball training was cancelled for one of the footy teams, so there was a whole heap of netballers in there and footballers, and they had the music pumping, and I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be good." Instead of being all depresso outside in the rain by myself, this is going to be chilling on the uh, treadmill and just, yeah, be with other people and look at around and stuff. But um, yeah, it sucked big time. It was the complete opposite. Like, I'm not sure if you boys have done much on a treadmill, but every time you look down, there's just this massive screen. And it just was doing my head in. I'd look down and expect it to be like, you know, 10 minutes and it'd be like one and a half minute. And I'm just like, yeah, it was just so depressing. And I was like, then I needed to go to the toilet about 25 minutes in. So kind of paused it and went to the toilet. And I'm like, all right, you can easily get this next 35 minutes done. And um, yeah, I pretty much couldn't. I pretty much got off at 10K because I was just so like mentally, I just wasn't there and then I started sweating heaps, so I'm like dripping in sweat, and I'm just like, "This is like a nightmare." Um, probably not a good, not a good part yeah. for me sponsors FitMob, but they've also got when it gets dark in there, the the window you're meant to look out over, like the car park and these nice trees and stuff, it goes like that reflective, so you just look at a at, at a mirror of yourself the whole time while you're on the treadmill. So you rather look down at the timer, which is depresso as because it's going really slow. Or you're looking at a mirror image of yourself struggling on the treadmill. And, um, yeah, I just had to get off and I just went home and I was just like, nah, this isn't, um, this isn't good. Good atmosphere there, but not good to be on a treadmill. So that was my Tuesday. So, you know, by that, by Tuesday, I was kind of 22K for the week. This was my rostered on um, easier week, but I was starting to think like I wasn't doing much training at all. It was a pretty soft two days, but I've been kind of keeping your voice in my head, Julian, about, you know, the purpose is to recover. You don't need to smash every, um, you know, every easy run doesn't need to be low four minutes when the purpose of it is just to tick the legs over and get up for the next session. So that was yep. playing in my mind when I got off the treadmill for 4K early. Um, Saturday, what did I do? Wednesday did 16K just with some strides, which was good, kind of average 4.10 for that and, and felt much better. Um I've just been running once a day for those um, those first three days. And, yeah, the legs, I think because this is my kind of absorb week, the legs were struggling a bit Monday, Tuesday, but then Wednesday I was starting to feel good again. Um, Thursday was another shocking weather. We've just had heaps, like, as you said before, like, just the wind. Like, it's just been, it was a standard, like, 
every day it was just 30k wins you couldn't really um that was almost becoming normal last week so went out and did some 400 meters but yeah the spot i do them at the industrial estate has some long straights and it was just so hard to try and run quick 400s out there and we just planned to do six of them and kind of average 68 and i think i was you know anywhere between 66 and 70 seconds for those and yeah, bang for your buck. I think that session had did the 200 meter float in between, so it was kind of a three quarters of um, Deke's quarter session. But I was cooked once again, like um, 11 minutes in, and yeah, bang for your buck. It's a good way to cook yourself in 11 minutes that session. And I think I was talking to my coach about it on this easier week. I sometimes get in the mindset that that's the week I'm going to feel really good for that Tuesday or that Thursday because I'm not running many Ks. But he kind of, you know, caught me up and just reminded me that you're not meant to feel good in the easy week. You're meant to feel good the weekend, the week after the easy week. Um, and that's the whole purpose of having that easy week. So, you know, that was that session on paper looks pretty poor, like um, six 400s at that pace, especially when I went into it pretty fresh. But... I was probably still hanging on to a bit of that fatigue from from the week before when I kind of went over 200k for the week. Um, Friday, I, I, sorry, go, yeah. But I, I don't think you need to be, like, I don't think it's a good sign if you can smash out 62 second quarters, like, not with the marathon training you're doing. Yeah. It's and, not, yeah, I, like, that's that looks all right to me. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah yeah well yeah it was all right it was just probably how like it just felt really hard like it didn't didn't flow at all and i think and i'll get to it when i talk about this 5k i did on saturday but like a lot of the work we're doing's you know pretty strength kind of base work so when you start dipping into that you know low 250 kilometer pace it just seems to to zap me like it's hard to recover from it especially when you're you know floating 200 meters in 40 42 seconds is just not just not long enough to recover and then you you smashed and it just adds up as the session goes but um yeah went and got some treatment in the arvo there and just um did a easy 8k after that at 453 that's probably the slowest i've jogged for a while but just totally went on heart rate and just let the body just go super um super easy after the massage um friday was two by eight k's so 8K in the morning, 8K in the night, pretty similar to you, Julian, just kind of ticking the yeah. legs over just to just to recover, really. Like there was no point in doing, you know, sometimes I might do two by 12Ks and just to build that aerobic base a bit more, but it wasn't, um, yeah, there was just no point smashing myself because I knew I had a big weekend coming up. Um, yep. And then, yeah, Saturday did a 5K tune-up, so got my mate Benny to come out and uh, pace me on the bike. I was going to go to park run, but... I think we've spoken in the past about I just find it really hard to switch on mentally at our park run up here just because I'm usually usually involved in kind of a volunteer kind of role or doing the run director stuff. I find it hard to switch on and really try to smash 15 minutes for um for 5K there. So decided to sleep in and kind of do it on my own terms at about, I don't know, 10.30. And, um, yeah, the coach said try dip under try dip under 15 minutes, which I thought – might have been a bit easier than it was because I've kind of been doing some good monofartleks and some one minutes on, 30-second kind of recoveries. Um, yeah, pretty quick pace, but just got under. I think on the watch I was 14.53, but I was a bit slow on the um, on the Garmin. Strava ripped me off as well. Like I was 14.55 on my Garmin. For some reason, they've gone 14.57 on Strava. But, um, yeah, kind of – I said to me mate Benny on the bike to – you know, take me out in 2.55 and we'll bank a bit of time early. 
probably the standard Brady Trail full pacemaking strategy. Bank it, bank a bit of time, and then struggle later on. Um, so yeah, kind of went 255, 256, 257, 305, 258, um, and it was it was windy. Like it wasn't the 30k wins that we had earlier in the week, but it was yeah probably you know 20k wins and this square rectangular thing we kind of do it around. Most of the Ks, if you look at my map and look at my splits, most of the Ks I kind of had 500 head, 500 tail. And then the fourth K was, the the whole K was pretty much um, into the headwind. And you know when the guy on the bike, he kind of looks down at his watch and he kind of starts getting a bit panicky and then he'll get out of his seat and start kind of pedaling real quick. And I'm going, I'm struggling here, Benny. You're not making me feel any better. And, and then they gap you and then it's like, well... You're kind of there to pace me, so there's no good riding, you know, 20 metres in front of me and not blocking any wind kind of thing. So, yeah, went to pieces in that fourth K. And then the whole last K, I had a tailwind and I was um, I was pretty cooked and I could still just dip under three. So, yeah, that was um, that was solid. I was happy with that and just did, a you know, an 8K warm-up and kind of 7K warm-down just to get a few extra Ks in for the morning because I wasn't going to run in the afternoon. And then um, yesterday was 39K for me, so... Um, this is probably the biggest run I'm going to do. I probably won't go over 39k. And I, what was I? I'm just opening up now. It was, so to go on heart rate for the first 32k, um, tire the legs and then punch 32 to 37k at marathon pace, so a 5k effort, and then jog back to the jog back to the house, what it was yesterday. We did this session, uh, I think it was a month out from Berlin last year. And we ran, it was the same, it was 39K, but we ran really the 5K effort from 30, must have been 34K to 39K and finished like hard and then just kind of walked around a bit to warm down. But this time we wanted to actually give us 2Ks to actually jog and, and warm down. So um, yeah, that's why that, that kick down was in between 32 and, and 39. And it was um, the whole week I was really struggling with waiting for the legs to come back to me and start feeling a bit fresher than I was. And yesterday, I think my absorption kind of, yeah, fully worked because yesterday, it's just one of those days where it felt amazing. It was sunny. It wasn't windy for once. Um, kind of went at 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, so it's kind of warmed up a bit. And yeah, kind of held, held 345 average for the first 32K and then... Um, when I kicked it down, kicked it down and was really in control. In the past, I've got into a habit of kicking it down and running like a, a 3.05 and then kind of struggling to run under 3.20 after that. But it was it was good, kind of ran 3.15 to 3.13 to 3.16 for those 5Ks and then, um, yeah, 2K back to the car. So in the end, it was 39K in 2.24 and um, 3.42 average. So super happy with that. And, um, yeah, the heart rate signs were really good and, yeah, kind of ticked a lot of boxes yesterday. And um, yeah. I think that was a 140K week, so that was my kind of off week, which was, yeah, good. But when you start doing that big session, like a 39K long run, it, um, it adds up pretty quick. But not much more to kind of, yeah, talk about other than probably yesterday and Saturday. I think that's a good long run. It is. Um, yeah, it was... Um, what it was t- tell, us, tell us the like the idea behind doing a 5K yeah, well, the idea, the whole idea of this session, and it was something that Richard and I, I probably contributed more this to our program than he did originally. 
I it was fully a confidence booster kind of session. So I knew it was one thing I did leading up to Berlin last year. So we looked at that. And then we looked at 5K just to get the body used to, in a way, kind of 5K splits, because um, that's what I'll go off on race day. Um, we did, well, I kind of toyed with the idea of making it kick it down at um, 30k and do 2 by 4 k with a K float in the middle there to get it to 39k. But I just thought that might have been overreaching a bit too much. Um, so, yeah, that's probably... Uh, so, uh, sorry, I meant the 5k on Saturday. Like, oh. Yeah, um, what, what is the reason behind doing that? Yeah, the 5k, the reason behind doing that, because I asked him actually, cause, and I was talking to a guy I work with, with Coach um, Chris, about how you kind of got me second-guessing about this kind of speed stuff because we kind of brought it up last week but the whole thinking behind the 5k hard was to almost shock the system a bit so when you go out and bang out a 5k hard in you know 14.55 it's you know a minute 35 quicker than what I actually want to run 5k in come race day so to make it feel so easy if that makes yeah. sense like it's so yeah. much quicker than what you want to race for when you back off and run you know 1620 or 1640 or 1630 it's a whole different level of um kind of relaxation i guess um, yeah so, yeah yeah just I, I get i get that i like that too um I, I like it more than someone doing it and going oh this is just a bit of a check-in a time trial if i run really fast here it means i'm in good marathon shape like yeah. Yeah. That's that's where I see a mass I see a massive issue with that. But the the idea of doing it and then moving down a pace level makes heaps of sense because I mean like to get when you get really specific with it the, the lactic that you accumulate during that five k moving down a pace level it it basically burns that out when you're doing your five k during the um the long run so. That's the best way to, to get rid of, of lactic is to move down a pace level. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Like, it just, yeah, lets your body deal with it. If you can deal with that pace, and I think it's, like, it's bloody uncomfortable doing that. Like, it was, um, I don't know, I spent so much time, probably the last five weeks, I've done a lot of longer tempos where I've averaged, you know, 315, 313, 318, 316, kind of that ballpark. So when you run down and you run it, like I went through the first K in 255 and it felt smooth and felt all good. But when you start doing that for a cut, like spend a couple of Ks under three minutes, like it's totally exhausting, like it absolutely, or exhausting in a different way. Like it doesn't have that continuous drain on you, but you're just cooked. Like it, um, yeah, it just belts you up kind of thing. But, but that's because you haven't been training for it. Spot on. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't need to worry about it. And that's what I just spoke to Richard afterwards, and I kind of said, like, my first, like, when I looked at the watch afterwards, and I, I intentionally told Benny, the guy, Benny Walker, who was pacing me, like, you know, don't tell me the splits kind of thing. You just keep it honest, because I didn't want to even have those mind games about we're too fast, we're too slow, like, doing the maths in my head. I just wanted to run 5K, like, hard as I could. And... um yeah, when he, we finished and I kind of looked at my watch and it kind of said, you know, 14.55 and I knew I was a bit late on the, you know, I waited to hear the bip and then kind of reached for the watch. So I kind of knew I was a tiny bit quicker than 14.55, but I was like, crap, was that only 14.55? Like that was so hard and it felt like, like I was, I don't know if I was a bit cocky going into it, but when my coach said, you know, try to dip under 15, I was like, 
You know, I thought I might have ran, you know, 14.40 or 14.35 or something like that and had a real blinder. But then he reassured me and he was like, you know, five weeks ago you did park run 30 seconds slower than that. You've done, you know, kind of stuff all speed work. Like you're just running these 5Ks off strength and the purpose is to shock your body not to run a 14.35K. So, um, yeah, sometimes it's good to have that have that poor person to talk to and just uh, check in about the purpose of the session. So, yeah, it was good. And I think the, the fact that I could back up so well on Sunday, like that hurt me for 15 minutes, but it didn't smash me around. You know, I didn't have to spend the rest of the day on the couch and be fatigued for two or three days. Like it, um, yeah, the backup was the backup was really quick. And that Sunday, like as I said, it just, I felt like I was, yeah, jogging. And as the heart rate kind of represented, like, you know, sitting at 140, 145, by the time I got to 32, it was like, the race kind of started then and I could just run a really smooth um, kind of 16.20-ish, 16.15, I think it was, without doing uh, spending too many bickies. It just kind of flowed nice and easy and then, yeah, shut it down. Quick, The 5K went really quick in that one. So, yeah, really positive the way that went. But, yeah, still a big difference, you know. 13.40 kind of looks good when you're banging along runs at that pace. But when you start getting into 14.20 territory, that's when it just starts drag, draining you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, good, good, good week and yeah, body's feeling good. Excellent. Good work. Shall we get to these listener questions? Yeah. You had a request for one, Brad. You wanted to answer one in particular. Did I? Yeah, were you talking on that <laughs> Facebook group today about wanting one? I uh, keep me with it. No, nah, <laughs> well, we should just play a bit of rule out. Just, just, uh, we'll start with this one. This is... um. This is from Nora and Chris Armstrong. This is the bottom one. What is it about the marathon that keeps you boys coming back to it to take on the challenge? Chris. Brad, over to you. Why do you want to run a marathon? Uh, there's two things I like about it. Um, I think it's a lot easier to – like, okay, you run a lot of kilometres a week, but if you're – you don't need – you don't need to go to a track to do a session. Like, you can get, you can get marathon fit by just being able to run anywhere, really. Um, that's one thing I like about it. I guess coming from the shorter stuff, I quite like just the um, uh, probably just more easier running, lower intensity, but also that you you put all of your eggs in one basket in a way in that you have like a 10 or 12-week prep. So it's almost like you're, you're studying for an exam and you know, you've basically got to pass that exam at the end. So I do like that whole... 12-week build-up or 10-week build-up um, when I'm actually make it to the start line, that is. Yeah. So yeah. I do, do like that long, I do like that long-term build-up for it. And Julian, yourself, you're a bit of a marathon man. You've ran way more than Brad and I. What's your uh, response to that question? Um, well, you can't fake a marathon. So you can't rock up to a marathon without having done the work and that's that's one reason is that I like to do the work and it to, to me it's a um, I, I enjoy the the reward for a lot of hard work that you get at the end of that that long run um, and the second is it's a tough race and it, it the mentally strong runners they can they 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 shine through and that's uh, I'm not that talented I'm not that fast but I always like to challenge myself to see how hard I can push myself. And that's, um, 
like there's a really deep seated like <laughs> there was a there were times when I was younger when I used to quit a lot of things and I one in particular is that I went I was in the um I was in the navy and I was in like a uh a program yeah yeah I was in a program like a um uh, more like it more like it was like an elite type of um so unit I guess it was the uh, naval clearance divers and I um I really got I, I I basically quit in the middle of it and um I left and I thought um I was just really disappointed in myself I I questioned like my own sort of mental fortitude and and then I got out and I thought how am I going to sort of prove to myself that I'm not a I'm not a quitter and, and then I, I, I did a marathon at the end of the the year that I left and um and then I kept chasing that feeling of of proving to myself that I I could I could push through things when they were tough so that that's really why I do them that that's why I started doing them and that's why I keep doing it now yeah good response didn't know that about you the navy yeah I don't like that's something that I I'm still not proud of leaving leaving and quitting in the middle of a um of a of a course didn't bring that up in the old tell me your tales interview <laughs> i don't think you asked me mate <laughs> well it's not usually my list of questions were you in the navy <laughs> yeah I was, I was only there for a year yeah, very good um my answer to that question is probably pretty simple and it's just that have because i've only ran the two marathons and they've both been like melbourne was shocking after 35k berlin last year although i was reasonably happy with the time i just i had a bad patch from like 33 to 39k where i just went missing so i'm trying to chase that i'm not sure if it's possible but to chase the the perfect race in the marathon where everything goes well and i can you know get to the finish line and kind of be like yeah i'm really happy with you know i ran every section of that well and i didn't lose you know significant chunks of time at any part so um yeah i think you know looking at the way i've raced some 5k's and 10s and half marathons and even 3k's and 1500s on the track that i've i've got races that i can remember and i'm really fond of the way i race those races and can't really find things to improve on i'm really satisfied with the way of um, race some of the shorter distances and I haven't achieved that yet in the marathon and I'm hoping that I can nail it one day it could be um, it could be the next one it could be 10 marathons time I'm not sure but that's what draws me back to just the challenge is so hard and there's so much that can go wrong that um, yeah I'm trying to make sure nothing does go wrong just tick it off I'm a bit the same, Brady, because like, there are so many factors. It's one thing that you like about the marathon if you do get it right, but it's also the thing that makes it such a cruel event yeah. is that there's so much that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, and a bit like you, like coming from the middle, and I think I've said this before, I always wanted to leave the sport with all of my PBs being pretty equivalent from sort of 800 all the way through to the marathon. And I guess... You know, I'd say my 1500s way better than my marathon at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'd like to finish with all PBs being, you know, ballpark. And it's just kind of like almost just, well, getting close to, not even so much reaching the potential, but I just want to do one that I'm like, okay, I think that represents the kind of shape that all the the skill or the potential I have to run a marathon. Whereas, you know, my 221.50 I'm proud of, but I don't think that represents 
um, the very best that I could do over the distance. But it's such a, you know, such a you know tough event that you know you can get injured before it, or you can get nutrition wrong on the day, or pick up something a week before, and yeah, it gets, it's so hard to get right. And even with yeah. um, and even with five k to go, when you think you've got it right, <laughs> you may not. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that that's where, like, you know, that Julian kind of talking about the mental stuff, and we'll get to this for for a week's theme um, in a couple of weeks for a show. But you know, the battles in the marathon are like mentally. I found the two that I've ran, you go to some pretty dark places, and it's and you're there for a long time. It's not like in a five k. It's like all right, you're in a dark place. Hang on for two laps you know two and a half minutes this is going to be over it's like you know you got 8k to run here and you're in a really dark place and you've got you know 30 something k in your legs and it's um yeah it's quite taxing and you, you got to pull yourself out of there mm. Mm. How, how good's marathon runner boys yeah <laughs> well it's, yeah it'll be a good good conversation next week or whatever yeah 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 you're reading up on that aren't you didn't you say you weren't ready for that stuff yet you might just do a bit of research I just read a good book on this, actually, Did called you? Peak Performance. Ah, you've read that book? I have. Yeah, I've got two on my desk at the moment, Brain Training from Runners and The Runner's Brain. But um, mm. I haven't read that one, but Josh was talking about it the other week and said it was good. Very good. And there's another one as well by Matt Fitzgerald called How Bad Do You Want It? They're the two books that I would recommend for, for the mental training okay. or for talk, talking about that side of it. Have you read, um, we're just going to get straight off topic here, but we'll be right. Have you read Steve Peters' The Chimp Paradox? No. Have a read of that. That's good. He works with a cyclist out of um, the UK, like their cycling team. Can you remember at London Olympics? They just come out and absolutely like dominate yes. everything. Yeah. He was, the record. Yeah, he's the guy, Steve Peters. Talks about how in your brain you got like a chimp and yeah, that's good. Recommend it. Okay. There's a 15-minute TED talk that's probably better than reading the book. But, um, yeah, we'll get to that in the coming weeks. Next question from Ross uh, Pentland. Keen to hear your thoughts, plans on fueling strategies, e.g. using gels, timing, placement, or taking fuel, etc. Well, mm. this might be an interesting topic when there's when there's one bloke who hasn't got an entry yet <laughs> for his own dreams. Wait. Oh, yeah. Well, this is – I'm kind of hoping that uh... – Brad doesn't come good, so he can be my water boy on the day. <laughs> he can't say that. I'm only kidding, Brad. I know I wouldn't ask you to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only I, kidding, mate. You can. You probably have my. Uh, well, assuming I even get a semi-elite start, you probably have that. Yeah. So no, no. We should probably explain well, what we're talking there. about. <laughs> so what we're talking about, in a nutshell, is. At Berlin, there's the elite athletes who are like the super quick 205 Kenyan kind of guys. And then there's the sub-elite people who are, well, I got told when I was there last year, anyone who breaks two hours and 25 minutes can be a sub-elite runner, which means you kind of go to the start line, go to the hotel before the start line, they bus you in, you've got separate toilets, you've got your drinks every 5K. Um, You don't have to worry about kind of lining up or anything like that. So Brad was super organized and Brad got himself a, a um, sub-elite start. I've also emailed through and got myself a sub-elite start. And Julian may have lost an email address about three months ago and was a bit late to it and has missed a, <laughs> missed getting himself a sub-elite start, although his PB would um, 
probably, well, would get him a sub-elite start. Yeah, so it ran out of room apparently. Too, but, too many sub-elites. Oh, yeah, I'm all right with that. There'll be enough people in Germany that can hold my drinks for me, I'm sure. Yeah, well, we've had some listeners write in about offering to do favours and stuff, so so that's where you're yeah. So you're not going to let that impact your hydration strategy, is that what you're saying? No, I'm going to try to keep keep up. Oh, well, it depends. It depends. I, I'm going to be taking two gels an hour and water at every aid station. That's my plan. Two gels an hour, water at every aid station. So probably four to five gels. Four to five gels, I reckon I'd end up with. You're going to carry five gels. Uh, yeah, I have before. You know, Great Ocean Road, they, um, you can't, there's no drinks or anything, so you have to carry your gels the whole way. Oh, that's right. You won that too, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> Three, Pete. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That's, um, yeah, okay. And if you can get your drinks, are you saying you'd only have water in those drinks anyway? Water. Oh, yeah. So if I was going to be given drinks, I would mix my gel into the water. So um, I would do like those pop tops and I would have a, a gel mix with about 150 ml of water. And when you sh- like it just dissolves in there. So you actually drink a gel drink. That's what you're drinking. Yeah, never try that before. Might have to give that a whirl. It's, it's so good because you're not opening packets and you're um, not getting sticky fingers. Plus, you're actually getting... At all, water either. when you when you can never really get water in those races it's always hard to drink out of cups so to have a bottle there it's fantastic well and you're probably getting the whole like the whole contents of the gel as well like how often are you trying to suck it out and it's caught in the bottom and you're running and you end up yeah. throwing like a maybe a bit of it away like you're not actually getting the whole content into into you definitely and it goes down so much easier because you're just drinking it yeah hadn't thought about that brad what about you ideal nutritional plan um, yes, I work on 60 grams of carbs per hour, so, you know, about two gels. Um, I quite like also having flat Coke from 30K sort of onwards. Um, I find that one, it gives, well, I feel like it gives me a big pickup, but also from 25K when things may start to just get a little bit tough, um, it's something to look forward to is that, uh, you know, in a couple of kilometres I'll, I'll get to have flat Coke. Um, yeah, so, like, I try not to stick to something, in, like a, a plan in case things, like, for example, if I can't put drinks out, um, if I'd do very similar to um, Jules in that I'd just rely purely on gels and try and just get as much water down as I can sort of at, at the aid stations. Um knowing that, yeah, I don't get a lot of water in when I drink it out of a cup either. Um, like, I've often thought I'm probably better off actually just really stopping and slowing down, like, that much just to make sure I do get some fluid in. So, yeah, yeah so that's pretty much my plan. I also have some caffeine normally, um, like, yeah, you know, before the race and then and about an hour in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm doing pretty similar. I've been practising with the pop tops with the – with a watered down um, Powerade, so 180 mils, uh, Gatorade I've been doing, 180 mils every 5K. Um, so those longer tempos that I've been doing, even that 39K I did yesterday, I kind of had two pop tops on the roof of my car and just made sure I ran past home every kind of, 
I was going past it. I went past it 13k, and then again at about 27k, and just got them in and just trying to train the gut to to keep them down. And pretty similar with the gels as well. And I've been using the power bar ones um, with the caffeine in them as well. So 50 milligrams of caffeine in each um, each gel. Probably won't get down five, but yeah, probably minimum of three. Might mix one in the mix one in as well. I'm gonna try that. That's a good idea. There we yeah, go. Yeah, it's. I like it a lot. There we go, Ross. Hope that's answered your question. Uh, next one, we might... Um, oh, jeez, we've got a few here. I didn't expect so many people going to write in. We'll, uh, we'll go a bit quicker through these ones because we've been talking for a while as it is. This one's from Dave Alcock. Hi, guys. I'd be interested to understand how far you plan to r- your races moving forward. You obviously are targeting a marathon in five weeks, but what does the next six to 12 months post this look like? And how long in advance do you confirm your intentions? Cheers, Dave. Good one. Do you want to go to you first, Brad? Because you've kind of booked flights for the next marathon. Yeah, so there's a lot of factors that go into it. So last year, um, well, I guess for a race like Berlin, you have to enter like a year in advance. So um, I guess we entered last year knowing that we're going to Europe for our honeymoon. Um, and luckily both Viv and I got in. So that pretty much set up this year. Um, and... Uh, there were some really cheap flights from Canberra to Osaka with Qantas came on sale a couple of weeks ago. So um, Andrew McGowan, who lives in Canberra as well, we both booked um, to go over to Japan for Lake Biwa in March next year. So, um, like, I, I, I don't look too far ahead, but it's more, well, I look far enough ahead, like if something like that comes up, like there's a cheap flight or, um, you know, you know Tokyo you, if you wanted to run Tokyo next year you would have had to already pretty much enter so yeah there's there's various factors that go into it yeah yeah it's a big business isn't it some of these big city marathons Julian mm. um yeah it's similar like if if you want to run local races you can enter late but to get into the big ones you you need to be sorted pretty early um so I like to basically plan it out recovery get back into it slowly and then look for a shorter distance race. And then if I'm going to do a marathon, um, maybe basically give myself at least 16 weeks before it. So, I, yeah, it, you kind of have the goal races you want to do and um, then you look at the position that you're at with your job or whatever. Can you get away for that long? Can you afford to go overseas? Or um, what is it that you really want to tick off? Like it's not we're not fighting for teams or anything really we're not looking at going oh it's where we've got com games then we got world champs so we kind of look at personal goals i guess and and which races serve to do that because there's not that many track races in australia so you've only got two or three really to choose from if you want a 10k pb and then in the marathon if you're staying in australia there's, there's really very very little pb races either so um it's you kind of fall into a similar pattern a lot of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm a bit the same. Like I haven't looked ahead like after Berlin yet. Like I'm pretty um, yeah. I've got I've spoken to you, Brad, about going to Lake Bwar as well, and that's kind of on my radar. But I probably won't make any decisions until after Berlin, just because I probably don't want that to take up my mental headspace too much. Mind you, I have got a bit of a 
um, alert set up on my email for if cheap flights do come through for, for Osaka anytime soon. But um, yeah, I'll bang out. I think it's good sometimes to have a bit of a mental break as well and not have anything hanging over your head. So I'll look to hopefully run a marathon in, in autumn next year, in Australia's autumn, and then spring again. But um, yeah, I don't know which one. I know Chicago maybe, like it'd be good to go over and do Chicago in our spring next year, or probably I probably won't go back to Berlin because I don't know how many marathons I've got in me and doing Berlin twice. Um, there's probably too many marathons all over the world to be going back to do the same one again. But um, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I'm probably a bit more vague and leave it a bit more to the last minute. Um, if it's not a really big city one like a, a Tokyo or a Berlin or a um, Boston or something like that, I'd probably be a bit more organised and plan a holiday and make sure it falls close to school holidays so I can get two weeks to kind of travel around there as well. Yeah, that's that one. Um, Christian, our mate from Norway. Christian. Jo- Julian's mate, doing some big sessions. He's coming good at the right time, Christian. He's timed it well. He's timed it really well. Don't worry. He did 40K in the four percenters the other day. Good on him. He's you now have to buy a new pair. Yeah. I've, I still haven't got mine out of the box. They're still sitting in the top of my wardrobe. I'm scared to put them on still. Legends, one question from the North Pole. The last big long run session. When, how fast is it? And some thoughts about the mental perspective with that session. Cheers. And looking forward to the beer party with Julian. Hashtag keep keep grinding. <laughs> I'm a bit worried about Chris. Chris is going to get me in trouble. <laughs> All right. So the first part of that question was, or the last big long run session, when is it? Uh, for me, it's three weeks out. What is it? Can you give it away? Or you want to save, uh, save the suspense for when you actually spend a whole podcast talking about it? <laughs> No, it's going to be. I think I've already told you. It's oh, going that to be. Was that um, before. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be. That's it. Yeah, I'm the same, Christian. I'm going to run a five by five kers, um, three weeks out as well on the third of September. It's looking like. So that will be um, my last big one. And you know, with a warm down, Abby thirty k with a warm up and warm down. You're looking at kind of a forty k day for me, but yeah, nothing over distance. Brad, can you answer this question? Yeah, I like um, I like my longest one to be seven weeks out. <laughs> um, gen- generally, with like a twenty-five k followed by a ten k hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> that's what it will be for this one. But um, before my last one, it was three weeks out, and I ran uh, I think thirty-six k with. A hard 10 yeah with like a 10k slightly faster than marathon pace between sort of 25 and 35k yeah um, um yeah some thoughts about the mental perspective with that session yeah so my five by five k be similar to what julian did last week be at or close to marathon pace with a 1k float in between just to get the body for you know working pretty hard for 30k and spending you know 25 of those k's at marathon pace Pretty simple there, I think. Julian, your mental perspective around that session? Uh, my mental perspective? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think you just have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's, you just have to learn to relax when things aren't feeling great. 
that's basically the marathon, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those sessions help with that. And even I like to, I've only done that 5 by 5K session once, but sometimes forgetting that they're 5K reps and thinking of, of them as, you know, 16 and a half minute reps and just kind of breaking it down that way I find is mentally easier because that's kind of what you do a bit in the in the marathon as well. Like it's just about, you know, stacking 15 minutes together rather than worrying about distances because I start freaking out when I start thinking about 5 by 5K, whereas 5 by 16 and a half minutes, it, yeah, that doesn't worry me too much. Mm. Feel free to use that in the future, boys. <laughs> um, second last question. Oh, sorry, Brad. Just... Yeah, just with that mental thing, I, I think if you've done, like, yes, and this is what we are sort of getting at earlier on in this podcast, on paper the sessions look tough, but if you've done the work, the sessions are doable, and I think you do actually get yourself into a sort of a race-like sort of mental state. Um, like I know before my last big one for Canberra, and even a couple of weeks ago, I knew it was a key session. So it was, I was in a different place mentally for most Sunday long runs or sessions um, you know one you you're having gels throughout the run you've got sort of race shoes on at a particular time so if you if you're in shape to run the time that you want to run for the marathon um, you you'll get through those sessions and you, you know I find you just lift for them mentally well and they're at marathon pace like you're kidding yourself if they're, yeah, 5 by 5 k marathon pace shouldn't be ridiculously hard three weeks out from a day when you're expecting to run 42 k marathon pace um, with no float recoveries every 16 minutes. It's, um, yeah, it's all pretty yeah, relative, like, yeah. Because really, you should be able to probably run your marathon, because like, you're not going to get any, you don't really get any fitter over the over those last three three weeks. So, you know, yes, you're going to have some fatigue in you from um, from the previous week's training, but you're you're fit enough to run like the marathon three weeks out. Yeah, yeah. It's probably still that you're, you're probably still carrying on to some of that heaviness that you've done the two weeks before that three week out yeah. training, whereas you're not going to have that in your legs, hopefully yeah. on on race day. Uh, second last question, Scott Sk- Scott Stacy. That's a bit of a mouthful. I would be interested in hearing any views you guys have on the relative merits of continuous efforts at marathon pace versus marathon pace as intervals. For example, 4x4K, 1K float. Cheers. Mm. Yeah. Good so, question, Scott. Good question. Well, the reason that I'd break it into intervals is because if you did 25K at marathon pace straight, that is a really tough session and I don't think you would be able to do it week in, week out. It's just too difficult. I've never really been able to run sessions straight longer than 16 to 20K straight. So breaking it with a slight float just allows you to get more marathon pace work in for the workout um, and without it it being as taxing. That's that's the reason I do it. And there's, if I could run 26k at marathon pace for that workout, then I would because I think you'd get more benefit from it. But it's too difficult of a workout. That's in that's in my mind. I'm with you because I've kind of been doing those, you know, 20k, 15k ones 
without the float stuff like the alternating pace but more kind of the threshold and marathon pace playing around with that not going to the float stuff and it's bloody hard like it's it's hard work like we spoke about it last week with that 21k session i did at that kind of pace it's i don't know how much i'm pretty cooked by the end of those ones so um yeah i definitely couldn't do that stuff for for 30k where what i'll do the next couple weeks i'll start doing um the float stuff in between to get the sessions out to you know 25 30k but that's going to be pretty similar to what i've been doing but just with floats every four or five k now to make the sessions longer um yeah i reckon yeah i wouldn't suggest doing it as i'm with you i wouldn't suggest doing longer than 20 21k at at that pace unless you're really spacing them well and having the recovery to go with it um because you just you, in a way you're kind of running you know 70 percent of your your marathon in training mm, yeah it's too it's i know that like there's there's a group hansen's marathon hansen's marathon project or something like that um where they do marathon um simulation runs where they run i think they run up to 28k at marathon pace yeah and to me it is just unbelievable like i would never consider being able to to do that during training Um, obviously when you taper up and you you um you're in a race you have everything all the race elements involved it's going to be a lot easier but to do that just on a random sunday that that blows my mind Mm. do you think um I don't know the answer to this question. I reckon you might, though, the science behind it. Does your body get used to having a float if you do too much of that kind of work, though? So, like, come race day and you're used to having a float every 16 minutes and then you don't give it a float for an hour, is your body looking for a float? Well, I don't don't necessarily think so because you've got all the other elements on the day. You've got the element of competition – adrenaline the taper um, you're getting proper nutrition you've got your race kit on and gear we're going to be on a very flat court there's all these elements that make the float less relevant um and because you you're aiming to run like uh well obviously like 42k at this pace um you you just lose you lose the training feel and it turns to a race feel so it's very different mm. that's how that's yeah and and also it's no different to if you, when you run say a 6 by 1k session with 60 to 90 seconds recovery whatever time i run for those k reps that's pretty much what i expect to race a 10k at so it's yeah. almost saying like you know in training, you do six by a K and you have 90 seconds recovery. Is that training your body to expect a, expect a break after every three minutes? And yeah. it's like, well, no, I can still go out and run 30 minutes for 10K. So it's, I guess it's the same, same theory, really. Have you spoke to Mono about 1K reps, Julian? Um, yeah, well, sort of. Mono and I disagree on training a lot. <laughs> But like you know how Mono, he he's very like he does it. His he he did it the way that worked very very well for him, where he he did K reps obviously, um, he did fartlek twenty minutes, he did four hundreds no longer than twenty minutes, and he did hill hill uh, hill tempos 
which again were about 20 to 30 minutes. So his, yeah, I mean, his he always wanted us to go flat out. It's all about going as hard as you can, basically, because you're only going for 20 minutes. That's how that that works. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, I reckon I've heard him talk. I don't know if at Falls Creek or something talking about those 1K reps, and it was it was exactly what you're saying, Brad. Like it's um, he'd have that mentality of why do a session where you stop because in races you can't stop. Um, yeah, but yeah, I wasn't sure if that's. I think I've heard that tenth hand, and I wasn't sure if you've had that exact conversation with him, Julian. But that's all good. Uh, I've, he he has said that before. Yeah. Um, Yep, he said that. Sean Helmut, big question this one, guys, so you got to listen in. There's a few questions in here. Hi, Legends. It's nice that we're getting called Legends a bit, eh? That's the second time. We've only, been, we've only got seven questions and two of them, they're called us Legends. Hi, Legends. Two questions from a 42-year-old Sean targeting sub-245 at Berlin. Number one, Brady, volume. Looking for some volume direction. In previous marathons, his PB is 253 from Melbourne Marathon in 2016. I peaked at 160K. For Berlin, I've gone another level and peaked this week at 226K. Whoa, that's heavy. With a 18K tempo at 342 pace and 4x2K and 10K speed workout. Oh, no, hang on. I've, I've, no, I've missed the line. And 10K marathon pace into 42K slow long run yesterday. My standard week includes endurance speed workout plus tempo at marathon pace minus eight seconds plus slow long run plus easies. This volume is new territory for me and my body appears to be okay. What volume profile would you suggest noting it's a personal thing for my remaining weeks? I'm working off 136, 151, 166, 150, 200, 125, 226. This week I've planned to run 160K, inclusive of the Sandy Point Half Marathon this Sunday. What do you think for the next four sessions and then race week? Um, yeah, you guys want to help me answering this question? That's a big question. That They're huge K, Sean. Like a 200, I don't know how you're running 226K. So I was cooked last week when I ran... 203Ks and needed a week to kind of absorb it. And I guess my response would be they're, they're pretty similar weeks to what I was doing where I was doing three kind of big quality sessions and I think you're, you're getting into a bit of a danger zone when you start doing that stuff. And um, if you've got this far being able to do all that work, I'd nearly take an approach similar to Julian and just just get to the start line like it's... You've got a huge case behind you, a really good base, um, some awesome sessions if you're hitting those three big sessions a week. I'd back off to, to two sessions a week and get yourself fit and ready to race in five weeks' time. Do Yeah. yeah. I, oh, sorry. Go, no, go on. I was just going to say, you know, do the half marathon this week. I'd nearly just do it at marathon pace. Like, you know, do you re- just do that at marathon pace, get used to getting drinks in, eat the breakfast you're going to eat before Berlin, all those little things, and just use that as a dress rehearsal and it should feel pretty easy and then bank that and, and go for, um, yeah, get yourself. Because the last thing you want to do, you don't want to be the fittest guy on the on the sideline at Berlin and, you know, you can't bring up how good your last 12 weeks has been if a week out you get injured. Um, so my shift and my advice to you would be get yourself to the start line. Now go, Julian, your turn. Oh, similar. I think um, 
like you you can get a good like the it, when you sort of have a look at your mileage does jump up really quickly so like one i don't know what you were doing be- before that but even just to jump from like 160 to 200 to 220 they're, they're big jumps and you might not you, you might feel great now but it's what happens in the next two to three weeks where i reckon that we you would you would start to feel like something oh you just get the feeling something's going to go wrong pretty shortly um i don't know whether you guys read that as well but when i looked at those jumps in mileage i thought oh okay cool like you're pushing the pushing the limits here like you're pushing the um the boundaries of of how much you can do without getting injured but you don't normally get injured in the big week you get injured in the month after the big week um it just happens so regularly Mm. brad um a couple of things so i guess he ran a pb off 100 like off capping out at 100 miles last october and i think there's always a trap that you have to go more every time but i would say that like potentially he hasn't like he could continue to improve off that 100 mile maximum um i think it's when you plateau at a particular mileage or you've plateaued where you you know you your speed can't get any better and your endurance can't get any better at that volume that you're doing that you actually need to extend the volume of of your training um and so i'm not sure whether he's exhausted that so he potentially could still improve off 100 mile weeks because it's still a massive it's a massive week um and also i think that 220k like that had three pretty big sessions in it as well Mm. um, i think if you're going to do that if you're going to do that sort of volume you probably have to just do two sessions a week, um, and also you know 220 like that's that's big by like an elite marathoner's volume, and so if you put it into hours per week of running, for a two hour was it two hour fifty runner? Fifty three aiming for two forty five. Yeah, so the amount of hours that he's spending running compared to a Josh Harris who's running about the same mileage is quite a lot more, which obviously increases um, the chance of injury. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good, good point. I hope we catch up for him after he runs 244 at Berlin for a couple of beers. That'd be good. So his second part of... Hey? He's probably going to run. He'll run faster than I will in Berlin. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, it's still... You know, we've still got so far to go. Like, I'm not... I'm still scared of niggles. And, I'm, you know, you're, you're touching your shins and you're like, is everything good? Like, you're just waking up and those first steps every morning, you're like... Am I pain? Like my goal is now, like tick off a couple of big sessions, but then it's just to get to the start line. Like stay injury free, and that's what I reckon Sean has to do. Like just change your shift about. Don't try and get any fitter. Just try to get to the start line as fit as you are now. Um, mm. The second part of his question was, which I've already answered my response, but it was, where do you stand on the benefits of racing hard at um, this half marathon in, f- which is going to be four weeks out? from Berlin versus using it as a tempo. What do you reckon? Um, I I don't think it's a good idea to race it hard. I know a lot of people do, and you'll find a lot of coaching programs that tell you to run a, a half marathon a month out. But for me, there's too much risk in it when you've got such a big event coming up. Um, I reckon I, I would do it as more like how Brady said, a marathon pace. Well, if you want to make it tough, 
then go out and run an hour beforehand and, and do the do the marathon pace depleted and I think that's a good workout. And yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, Brad, I, I you, also yeah, I would race it. Yeah, I was going to um yeah, I was, I was going to, yeah, so I was going to do like 10K before and then just 21 at marathon pace. Um, but I think there's a – because he's he ran his biggest week ever last week, so and he wants to – you know, so he's going to have that fatigue in his legs anyway, I, I'd imagine. So, I, yeah, I'd, I'd probably err on the side of caution and do it more as a tempo. Mm, yeah. I think you got to look like the A goal is to run sub 245 at Berlin, not to – sneak a little half marathon pb four weeks out along the way and if you start getting a bit greedy and thinking well you know i'm in shape and fit as i've ever been to run a 10k pb and a half marathon and and start looking for races that's when you can just uh yeah just in dangerous territory last question boys this is uh we're going forever tonight um yeah here we go this one's from tim kennedy question for the latest episode i've noticed that brady does a lot in the community, even pacing locals at Parkrun. Do you think Julian would do this? Sorry, do his part for the community in Ballarat, Ballarat, and do a pacing job. I've been trying to break twenty minutes at Ballarat Parkrun for a while now. Oh, oh, throwing it out. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll come and pace you, Tim. I won't try and flog a pair of shoes off to you afterwards, even mate. I'll just get down there and I'll come down one weekend and hook you through. Brady, come up everyone, to Duke and all, I've got an Airbnb. All the bowling clubs here are covered, mate. They, they can't give you any more money. <laughs> Tim, I've got an Airbnb unit you can rent off me for a night. Look it up on Moama Airbnb and you can stay the night and I'll, I'll give you a personalised um, sub-20. That's what we're I heard the I heard the Aubrey Parkrun course is pretty slow, though. <laughs> Someone sent me a photo of welcome to Aubrey sign this week. And said, send this through to Julian. I was like, yeah, Aubrey. The yeah. problem with Saturday, Saturday mornings, and I, 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 can, I can sometimes get the, to park run, but I open the store normally 8.45, 9-ish, where I'm, um, I have to go to work. So it's pretty tight turnaround from doing the event, going home, showering, heading in. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons. I do get down there and we... Um, I, I love park run. Like, I think it's one of the greatest things for our our sport. And I, if I can if I can wrangle a, a late start, I'm happy to come down and, and pace. If someone if someone um, wants something set up, yeah. I think what he's trying to say, Tim, is money is more important than pacing people at park runs on a Saturday morning. Well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I could pay someone to come pay the bills. fifty bucks an hour or something, whatever Saturday rates are. And, uh, and yeah, or I could work it myself. This is what happens when you're not leeching off the government. Leeching off the government. You're, you're an idiot. Look, it's getting late. Educating yeah. the future Australian citizens and you're calling it leeching off the government. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Anyway, yeah, let's call it there, fellas. An hour and a half, new record. Jesus. Yeah. And Brad had pretty much nothing to report for the week. Yeah, Brad's at half asleep. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it that way. It was more like he didn't have to go through a whole week's training. Uh, all right. You've managed, you managed to drag it out well. No, oh, I wasn't dragging it out. I was just putting it out to the listeners. The listeners want it to drag out. They're just sending in questions. Yeah, I enjoyed it. 
might have a new song for next week's show as well. Got a got a high profile musician has approached me about possibly doing in the opening and closing music. Oh, and n- next week because we've gone long enough, a mate of mine had a question for Julian, but I'll um I'll I'll ask it next week. Right, yeah. <laughs> about about your um about your uh, gym program. Oh, okay. Yep. So uh, yeah, we'll touch on that next week. I forgot. Oh, sounds good. It was good that he didn't drop in there about how he coaches people this week, Brad. Did you notice that? Yeah. 90 minutes and he didn't get in there once trying to drum up a bit of coaching business for himself. Uh But if anyone's interested, Ali Pashley had a great podcast earlier in the week he released. Yeah, and hey, Bree, we should mention, we'll get Bree on in coming weeks, but she's just come second at the Adelaide Marathon off your coaching. Oh, yeah, well, (laughs) if you call one thirty. 30k run a, a coaching program she, she she did that off off absolutely nothing so good signs for the the ladies yeah viv give us a quick update on viv brad um yep injury free and uh she did one of her longest runs ever on the weekend she did um uh was it 20k um, just sort of steady pace and then went into a um, 30-minute tempo at, um, uh, I think, yeah, sub-five-minute Ks, which is, you know, faster than marathon pace. So it's the first time she's done that type of session. So um, 27K for the morning. So it's good. Good work, fellas. Mm. All right. Let's have a good week. Talk to you next week. You too. See ya. See you, guys. Thanks again, fellas. Bye.
fart, you don't say, at nine o'clock I drop fart. It will happen of itself. <laughs> you know, and all, all these pious Western devotees, you know, kind of put their handkerchiefs in their mouths and try not to laugh. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.